0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. There are uh, special times, seasons, um, that I, who get to work at a church, which I love working at Riverside Community Church, I love working at a church because there are these unique times that I get to see A special and unique side of the power of the local church. And, you know, I kind of feel bad sometimes for people who only get to see church or only choose to see church as a place people go on Sunday mornings. When I think of the church, I can't help but think of all the stuff that happens. On not Sunday mornings. All the stuff that happens during the week and during all the rest of people's lives. And uh, recently, I've been very encouraged and very inspired. And it never ceases to inspire and encourage me. Um, I've been doing this for a while. And uh, I get blown away on weeks like the last couple of weeks where I see the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about you. People in the church just step up and do powerful things to impact the lives of people, and I'm, sh- I'm-, I'm shocked in an awesome way, not shocked like, oh, I, didn't- I can't believe this happened, but shocked in an awesome way um, by how quickly people respond to these things. Uh, like making a phone call and saying, "Hey, there's this need or this thing going on." Someone just bam—they're ready. There's no convincing. There's no questions. It's just like, man, how can I be a part of what God wants to do in this situation or this life? And over these last couple of weeks, I've just seen multiple people stepping up in whatever it is that's required. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's you know giving of themselves just to be there in relationship. Sometimes it's being present in a situation, and it's inspiring. And so, for those of you who are doing that. Um, Thank you so much, because it's so encouraging to work alongside with people in this world to do awesome stuff that are so ready and eager to do God's work. It's powerful. And for those of you who are looking for something that is powerful, a way to be involved in something way bigger than yourself, I'll tell you, I said this to someone yesterday, there there is no organization on this planet, organization, I use that term loosely, there is no organization on this planet that is more powerful than the church. And uh, I just continue to be amazed by it. So thank you for being the church. And for those of you guys who are just digging, keep digging. It gets way awesomer uh, with every passing year. So we're talking about power. And uh, I was thinking about this morning. And uh, um, have you ever walked out of the house and something's just like bothering you? You don't know what it is. And you kind of have this weird feeling. You get in the car and you're like, man, I just feel like I'm, it's like there's something missing. You know, and you don't know what it is, but you just feel like something's missing. You know what I'm talking about? You feel like something's missing, like you should have something with you, but you don't know what it is, and you're checking your pies. Okay, I got my keys, I got my wallet, like, what am I doing today? And you, and, you, and, you, and it's irking you? You guys know what I'm talking about? But you cannot, fi- you'd swear there's something, but you can't figure out what it is? Raise your hand if you, you know this feeling that I'm talking about. And, and I, stay with me here, and you're driving. And it's still there. And you're getting farther and farther away from your house. And some of you, you know, you work far enough away where at some point it's beyond the point of no return. (laughs) And you realize that if you have forgotten something, like, you're going to have to be without it that day. And isn't it just terrible when you get somewhere beyond that point of no return and then you remember what it was? (laughs) I want you to think about the last time that happened to you and, and what it is. And sometimes another annoying thing about that. And, you know, I think it's age sometimes But then I talk to people of all ages, and it happens to everybody. So I think it's just humanity. I don't know if it's busyness or whatever, but I hate that, because you know you're missing something. But you can't figure out what it is. And you're thinking to yourself, something's missing, something's missing, something's missing. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, a key to a room or that you need, I've done that before. It's a key or it's something that you needed for that day that you don't normally have with you. Something that you, it's not in your wallet and somehow you felt like it was supposed to be and you felt like it was missing even when you, you shouldn't have known that it was missing. It was just, maybe it was God trying to like, kind of push you, nudge you the right way, who knows what it was, um, and then two, somebody, who cooks in here, and I, I don't cook, who cooks in here, you enjoy cooking, have you guys ever been doing a recipe, and you weren't really strictly adhering to some kind of written guideline, and you were having that same feeling, like something's missing here, you know, and you're putting it together, and you're tasting, and you just can't figure, you know what I'm talking about, you can't figure, it. now, who are tasters, you're not cooks, you're just tasters, <laughs> You just, you just eat. Okay, it's not embarrassing. You don't need to be embarrassed about that. I mean, I'm not. It's just, it's just the way it is. You know, God's gifted some of us with it and others not. So it's not my gift. Uh, but my gift is tasting things. <laughs> Love tasting things. You have that feeling too, restaurant at home where you, you taste something, you're like, something's not right about this. Something's missing, you know. It's great when it's something as simple as salt. But if it's something more than that, you know, there's sometimes you can't go back and like undo the recipe. It's just missing dessert. Terrible when there's just something missing there. Um, Something's missing that feeling that that irks us. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because we can have that same experience spiritually. We're talking about stepping forward with power. We're talking about, in general, this whole season we're in as Riverside, stepping forward in general. That same sense, I don't know if you've ever felt this way spiritually. You've left your house. You've been in a situation where you felt like, I mean something's missing from this equation spiritually. Something's missing in me. Something's missing in this situation that would really make the difference. There's something that's supposed to be here. So as promised, David last week, Pastor David, when he preached, said that this week we're going to kind of look at a snapshot of what it looks like to step forward in power out of the book of Acts. And we're gonna talk about this concept of something being missing and ask the question, what shouldn't be missing? As we step forward in power, what should be there? In any situation where we're doing anything on behalf of God, living our life, trying to step forward in power, live his plan, not our plan, what shouldn't be missing? What should always be present? So let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us with this as we read his word. Holy Spirit, please, guide our minds, guide our thoughts. Even beyond the few things that that I'm highlighting on a screen and just pointing out, I pray more than that, that you would highlight things out of your word for everybody who's here this morning. I pray that we would hear and we would see what you want us to hear and see as we think about you and we invite you into our hearts and minds. Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to be. We're actually going to be in Acts chapter 3 and 4. And I've told you guys this before, and sometimes it's more true than other times. We, we're going to read through a story. And so there's a lot of text here. And one of the sometimes one of the things that's kind of annoying about me is I, I read and stop, read and stop, read and stop, read and stop. So you're going to have to have Acts 3 and 4 either in the app open or in your Bible and just kind of know where you are, because I'm going to do that like... Gas break, gas break, gas break, gas break. So we'll be looking away, and, and uh, things jump out to me, and so I want to stop and talk about them. If I get too far past them, you know, we just gotta stop. All right, so here we go. Acts chapter three, verse six is where we're starting. We're kind of starting mid-story here. Peter and John are on their way somewhere, walking to worship in the temple. They're going to church, and they're they're they've been hanging out with Jesus, and they had the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And they, they come across a guy who is paralyzed. He's la- a lame guy is what, what, what he's called in the story. He's laying there on the ground, he's begging. And in verse six, they have come up to this guy and he's panhandling, asking them for money. And this is their response. Peter, as the spokesperson says in verse six, silver or gold, I do not have. And I had to stop there. How many of you guys can resonate with that? You know, I mean, wouldn't it be nice really? Like I don't know if I'm just crazy, but isn't it wouldn't it be nice to just you see all the problems going on and be like, "Man, I'd love to just sponsor that and write a check." And it's just you you can't do everything. You know, your checkbook's just not big enough to just solve all the world's problems by writing checks. But there's something greater. He says, "Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you." And that stopped me. And I was thinking about myself. What do I have? That's a huge question for all of us to be asking. Whether you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't know God, you don't believe in God. However, you would describe yourself. If you are a follower of Jesus, what do you have? What are you full of? And maybe you're here today and you're like, man, honestly, like I'm not sure about the God thing or whatever. But I have to be honest and say, like, I, I, I don't have anything. I mean I have some I do have some money in my bank account. I, I have a college degree, or I have some intelligence, I have some gift. What do you have? And how are you using what you have? Here's the, the bottom line, I'll, I'll spoil the story here. It doesn't matter what we have. As human beings, in and of our own strength, it would not have been enough in this situation. All the degrees, all the money, all the smarts, all the gifts, all the talents, all the experiences would not have been enough. There was only one thing that was, was needed in this situation. And fortunately, Peter and John had it. And Peter knew that he had it. He said, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Wow. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I believe that this happened. The reason I believe this happened is because I believe the God that put the stars in the sky can heal a man's legs. So that's not crazy to me to think about that. If he made all of this and he has a plan for human history and human time, then certainly he can snap his fingers and make this happen. Verse 8, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Of course he was. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement, of course they were, at what had happened to him. The first thing that shouldn't be missing is the power. The power shouldn't be missing. And tragically, I think, that there's a lot of powerless religion in the world in general. There's a lot of dusty books and a lot of conversations and a lot of religious services happening all over the globe in many languages and in many different forms. But there are so many of those things that are happening, and the power is missing. In this situation, the power wasn't missing. And and look at what hasn't happened yet. No sermon was preached. No no lesson was given. No list of beliefs was bullet-pointed out to this guy. The power led. The power was the first thing to be seen. It was the first thing to be heard. It was the first thing to be felt. It was the first thing to be experienced. Peter and John, at the leading of the Holy Spirit... They led with the power. That's what came first. The world needs to see and feel and experience the power of God. It's hard to get someone's attention with a list of beliefs with a doctrinal statement, with a religious service. Very hard. I mean, you live in the same country I do, right? It's not easy to get people's attention with this stuff. You know what gets people's attention? What causes wonder? What causes amazement? It's the power of God. Do we believe anymore that there's power in this? I do. I believe in a real God that has real power. And I believe that he wants to exercise and use that power to reach people with the knowledge of who he is. The power shouldn't be missing from our lives. Follower of Jesus, the power should not be missing from your life. So that, just saying that right there, if you're like, man, the power's missing, that should cause you and I to go on a journey from this day forward to go, man, that's got to get straightened out somehow. i got to get with God on this. i got to figure out how to get that corrected. For the person who's here and you're like, man, I... I I don't follow Jesus. I'm contemplating. I'm I'm sitting in here this morning checking this out. Do you have power in your life? Power to change you? Power to change your world? Real power. Maybe today is one of those days that you're like, man, you know what? I don't have that in my life. And it'd be hard for me to admit that to other people. But as I sit here this morning, I don't walk in power. I walk in a lot of stuff. But as I sit here this morning, I have to admit before God, I don't have power. Certainly not the kind of power that people are looking at going, man, this is wonderful. I'm amazed. Look what God is doing in this situation, in this life, in this family. Look at how this person is walking in a power that's clearly not their own. Do you have difference making power at work in your life? And it's, it's good to know here that the Spirit didn't empower what Peter and John wanted to do. It it can be easily misunderstood here that they were the ones in charge. The Spirit never empowers our work. Never. The Spirit empowers His work. And as we do His work, then He empowers it. And a lot of times I think we get tripped up. And this is actually a huge problem. you may hear this kind of thing come from the platform at this church a lot. I think a lot of times we get tripped up because we're trying to do our thing and we're like wondering why God's not on board with it. We're trying to do our thing and we're wondering where the power is. And he's going, that's not my thing. It's not my time for that thing. That's not my thing. That's not the thing I want you to do. I'd rather have them doing it. But we'll just keep... You know, we'll keep fighting that instead of going, okay, I need to follow what the Spirit wants me to do. So then the question becomes, okay, what work is the Spirit doing? And where can I join the Spirit of God in doing his work? And then that's where the power is. So it's not like, it's not like we, want to, we want the river to move over to us. And he's saying, you need to get into the river. Get into my, I'm flowing over here. Come over here and get in the river. Then there will be power. But we've got to adjust our perspective. And that's, it just doesn't work any other way. He's, he's going to do what he's going to do. And he has the plan. We need to figure out what he wants us to do and be about that work. And I actually wrote something down here. I said, no more anemic religion. Right? In the world I'm living in, that's just not enough. It's not doing anything. But there's so much anemic religion. I heard someone say, yeah, that, that this person was going to, to this place, this religious place, and, you know, they, need, they were starting to go over here because there was no ministry there. <laughs> huh? What do you mean there's no ministry over there? Like, isn't that the definition of what that's supposed to be? It's like, doesn't make sense. There needs to be power, not anemia. Man, how does a church have power? where it's really causing this kind of, where people are standing back go, wow, look at a, a difference has been made. Something has happened. Healing, strength, something's going on there. Whatever the spirit wants to do, what makes that happen? It's not that a church just magically has it because they have the right graphics or the right sign or the right building in the right place. It has nothing to do with any of that. They didn't have any of that. These are a bunch of ragtag people that were hiding most of the time and like ninjaing around the city. Why did they have it? Because the individuals that were a part of that church were all seeking God. They were unified. They were all really going after God and trying to live this life and do what God wanted them to do. That's what makes for power. So if all of us as a part of Riverside, we're like, man, Holy Spirit, will you lead me and empower me to do your work? And we started praying those kind of prayers and we started getting our hands dirty in his work. Then all of a sudden you got a church on your hands that's making a real difference and it's making a boom in the community and people are like, whoa, look over there. That's crazy. Look at the cool stuff coming out of that church. So power shouldn't be missing. Verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? That's interesting. That's interesting. It's like this, this should be, he's like, this should be happening. Why are you shocked by this, right? It's God. Same thing happens to us. He says, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us, stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk? So now he says, it's not about us. Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him, it is that that has completely healed him, as you all can see. The message shouldn't be missing. When that huge power happens and starts transforming lives, Peter made no bones about exactly what was happening. He's very clear. Shockingly clear, actually. He didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He was like, this is Jesus. It's not us. This is Jesus. And let, let me just say some things about Jesus here. This is who Jesus is. This is what he did. And this is what's happening right here. So if you're all shocked and wondering, oh, wow, you just need to understand the message that goes along with this. When we step forward with the message, there will always be power. The Spirit always empowers the message of Jesus. Always. And vice versa. When someone is working by the power of the Holy Spirit, the message will always be clear. Always. These go hand in hand. They hang out together. So if you see power and there's no message, okay, what's going on there? When you see the message and there's no power, okay, what's happening there? These guys walked in power and the message was always right there. So they, expe- yes, the man experienced something or whatever, but they weren't hiding the message for fear of like insulting anyone or, or somehow, oh, well, I'm not real good at speaking. You know, I really can't say this. Peter wasn't a, an orator. He had the Holy Spirit for that. And that's another thing we say, well, I'm not good at talking. Well, join the club. Who is? It's the Holy Spirit that helps us with that. And you, again, read the book of Acts. Read, read what Jesus teaches to his disciples. He says, don't worry about that part. I'll take care of that. The Holy Spirit's gonna help you with the words to say, you just need to put yourself out there and work in power that I give you. Acts chapter four, let's, let's, let's continue and let's look at Acts chapter four. So here's the fallout. The, there's, there's fallout. A lot of times there's fallout. And I think in, in American Christianity, sometimes we just, we have a harder time with this than maybe some, some other cultures do that are a little used to fallout, but fallout happens, and sometimes it comes from places you're not expecting. I mean, this is, the, this is the religious people, the fallout comes from. Sometimes we don't expect that. Verse one of chapter four, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, they were sad, you see. That's what, in Bible college, that's what they taught us to remember what these guys believed. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's how we remembered that in my first year of New Testament survey at Bible college. You're like, that their belief was that the dead are not raised. That's, that was their belief. So that, you'll see why they're upset, okay? The Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed, because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They're very upset. It's so crazy how this happens. Like, this huge, awesome thing has happened. And these guys are like, wait, man, I, I, they're over here picking at this. Dude, this guy, this guy just got healed. And they're over here like, wait, you know, I don't like this part of that. It's, just, it's crazy. But, but this is what we do. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. So were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. And this question just, just kept rolling around in my head. By what power or what name do you do this? By what power or what name do you do this? I just kept thinking about that. Man, that's a powerful question. By what power and by what name am I doing what I'm doing? Am I even doing anything? So are people even asking? Or am I living a powerless life? And when you do walk in power, it's not pretty sometimes. And people are going to ask this, and they're not going to be asking, oh, by what power, by what what name? It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be hostile. And that's what it was. By what power, by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how we need to go out there. That's how we need to live. Filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no hope of me going out there doing anything he wants me to do in the muck and brokenness. And dude, it's nasty out there. It is. There is no way we can march into that garbage without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not if we want to do anything. Not if we want to survive it. Peter, it's so important. I bolded that. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Whoa! The name shouldn't be missing. Man, when someone hands you something to drink, you're like, taste this. You, you, you're like, oh, that's really good. What do you do? As soon as you drink it, you taste it. What do you do? Turn around and look at it. What is this? Who, where, who's, who, who made this? Where's this coming from? You taste something. Someone gives you a plate of food. Who made this? Who cooked this? You know, compliments to the chef. The name should never be missing. Man, you see something awesome happening. God does something through me. He does something through you. The name's gotta be there. And it's not our name. It's the name of Jesus. If you're here and you're not a follower of Christ, but somehow you're sitting here, it ain't because of the person who brought you. It's not because of the advertising. I believe that you are here because Jesus wanted you to be here. It's his name that goes on that invitation. He invited you here. He wanted you here because he wants to have a relationship with you. So you can cut out the middleman of the friend or family member that brought you in here or the parent that made you come this morning. (laughs) Jesus wants you here because he wants to have a direct relationship with you. The name should never be missing. From our church services, from our church lifestyle, from our following Jesus lifestyle, the name should never be missing. And where the name is, there will always be power. And where the power is, the name will always be. And that's the way it should be. Ingredients to an awesome recipe. In the face of of opposition, there will be power. I watched this happen a week and a half ago. I know a person who does not claim to be an orator, a speaker, All of 90% or more of their ministry is all done behind the scenes and they work and that's their primary gift set, but they were in a situation and it was an opposition situation and they do not typically do well in those types of situation. And I watched, I literally watched The Holy Spirit light this person up to step in the middle of a conflict with gestures and powerful words. And I was blown away by it. It wasn't that person. It was the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Because when the Spirit fills us, a lot of times you'll notice in the Bible, something comes out of our mouths. The mouth moves, man. When the Holy Spirit's in you, he will help you speak the words that need to be spoken in the situation that you find yourself in no fear on that. Just don't be afraid to step into that situation. He'll take care of the rest. Our big thing is we shy away from the situations. We're afraid of what's going to happen. Get out there in the name of Jesus and do his work. It's not your work, it's his, so he'll take care of it. Verse 13, when they saw the courage, courage, of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Just look at that. That's powerful. It is not our degrees. It is not anything about us, our skills, our learned things, our natural abilities. not the way we look, the way we dress. They were with Jesus. These guys were hanging out with Jesus. Man, the same thing should be said of us. These are Jesus people. It's one of those Christian people. It's one of those, but whatever they call us, they bend with Jesus. So this stuff that's happening is coming out of that place in their life. That's what, he, that's what he means when he says he'll work through our weakness because everything that is of us is weakness. Our power, our degrees, our learned skills, our, it's all weakness. It's Jesus and him shining through us that gives courage. And I love that. When they saw the courage, they saw, if you have courage, people are going to see it. The courage shouldn't be missing. The courage shouldn't be missing from the Christian life, from the following Jesus life, from church life. We should be out there digging in to do God's work, to make a difference in the places and the times and the communities and the families and the relationships that he's put in our lives. There should be courage there as we step out. Courage shouldn't be missing. Verse 14, but since they could see the man who had been standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. I love that. Can't argue with results. You can't, no one can argue with results in your life or the lives of people around you. There's a lot of stuff can be said, but here's the end of it all. The religious scholars, the ones with the power, are like, we got nothing to say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin And then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. That's what should define our churches all over this globe. That's what should define our Christian families and our lives. People looking and going, you know what, I don't even get a lot of this. I think these people are weird. Whatever they say, whatever people say, maybe you're here and you've said these things, but the reason you're sitting here this morning is because that's true in some way. You saw something in someone's life, enough to where you walked in here this morning and you're sitting here going, okay, I don't get all this and there's a lot of it that's kooky, weird and new to me, but there's something there and I need to figure out what this is because there's something there, a notable sign, a notable sign. We can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name, which is I mean, it's kind of funny. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We saw this. We're living this. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old the notable signs shouldn't be missing. People should be able to look at our spiritual community, our church, our individual lives, and see real results. If we are just words, if we're just beliefs, if we're just positions on issues, then we are missing the power. It is notable signs that these people could not deny. Notable signs in our own lives, notable signs in what we are doing in the world in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will back up the message. He'll back up the name. Power will make a difference. If the Holy Spirit's power is really working in us, it will make a difference. This last couple pieces here. Verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they went to church, basically. They went to small group, whatever you want to call it. They went, they went to Bible study, and, and they talked about that. Man, if all we're talking about in our Bible studies in small groups is not this, then I think something's missing. We should be talking about what God is doing. Like real stuff should be going on to so where we're talking about that stuff, not sitting around just like, just talking about other stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it says that when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And, and you can read the rest of the prayer, but the prayer starts out, Sovereign Lord. That word sovereign I was talking to David Kennard and he, he was like, man, that word sovereign there. It's powerful. We, we skip over that as an introductory prayer. Sovereign, what does sovereign mean? God, you are the king and you can do whatever you want. This isn't about us. When we say sovereign Lord, we are acknowledging that God is the boss. He's in charge. He holds the keys and the plans and he does what he wants. So when we entreat with him, anytime we talk to him, We realize that. That God, this is you. It's not about us. It's about you. Sovereign Lord. Look at verse 29. Skip ahead a little bit. The rest of their prayer. I love this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Man, I've had to pray that. I've had to pray that prayer. And we need to pray that prayer. When you're going through it and the opposition hits, because opposi- the good news is disturbing to people, some people. Doing the work of God is disturbing. So if you're hitting flack and you're wondering, like, man, I'm not sure whether this is, it could be that you are getting flack and you are going through problems because of the way you are living for Jesus. It fits in with the scriptures. It's not supposed to be all pretty. These guys all got killed. Okay, not to totally turn you off to the whole Christianity thing, you know. Uh, not quite there yet in this country. You're probably good for today. Um, just kidding. If that's okay to kid about. Um, can't laugh. Um, they're asking for God to help them. They're saying, God, look, look what's going on. They're laying out the threats before Him. Saying, God, will you consider what I'm going through here, and will you give us the strength? They didn't say take it away. They didn't say take it away. They said, in the midst of this, give us more strength and more power. Don't make our lives pretty. Give us the strength to continue despite the threats and difficulty. Help us to charge into the threats and difficulty. Wow, that's powerful. And it says, stretch out your hand. Speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Bam. The ongoing power shouldn't be missing. Man, I had a great week, man. Something real powerful and awesome happened. Okay, next, <laughs> next, next. Sometimes we get a little comfy. Yeah, okay. I did my part. We're good. Some powerful things happened. Had some opposition. Great. We, we just keep going. We keep going. They knew that. Like, this isn't over. There's a lot of people, a lot of lame people laying around on the ground. So they're gonna get back. They're gonna go back out and do the ministry of God. There's a lot of things we'll encounter. And if you read the book of Acts, that was the ongoing story. God give us ongoing power. The ongoing power of the Holy Spirit should not be missing from our lives. This should be a regular thing. It's the way we roll as followers of Jesus. We should roll out in the power of Jesus every day, the power of the Holy Spirit every day, walking into, not being afraid of, difficult situations, getting our hands dirty, facing opposition, doing it in the love of Jesus, doing it with his power. They weren't nasty. They weren't rude. They just went out and did awesome stuff. And even when people were nasty and rude to them, they were clear and they were concise and they were bold, but they were not nasty and rude and hateful. They just walked in power and love and spoke the truth with great clarity. And where the Holy Spirit is, there will be clarity. If you have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, if I have it at work in my life, people aren't gonna be confused about it. There will be clarity when we live and when we talk. So the thing, the thing today, I want us to walk out thinking about and praying about and pondering. Step forward with the Holy Spirit and nothing will be missing. What does that mean for me? Do I have the power of the Holy Spirit honestly at work in my life? What is missing? What do I need to be looking at? What do I need to be asking God for? Because here's the deal. We don't just contrive these things. What I'm trying to say is where the Holy Spirit is, whether we try to or not, that stuff that we talked about is just gonna be there. The power, the name, the message, the courage, the ongoing power, that stuff's all gonna be there. We don't seek those things. We seek the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is, those things will be. So if something's missing, I guess really with the contention that I'm making this morning is that we need to seek more of the Holy Spirit, not just seek one of those items. We need to seek him because where he is, those things will always be. Are we seeking the Holy Spirit? I've heard, I've heard people tell me, like, I, I'm not used to praying to the Holy Spirit. I'm not used to seeking the Holy Spirit. It's something we need to get used to. We need to get hungry for. So this power stuff missing the only thing that can hold us back from walking in this power is sin mistakes brokenness selfishness, addiction, lust envy, pride arrogance, pleasure seeking, sin it's the only thing that can hold us back from walking in power and Jesus came and he broke the power of those things because those things have great power so much power that we cannot defeat them or get rid of them. Jesus comes along and says, I am going to die on the cross for your sin, all that stuff and more, and break its power over you. So your past no longer defines you. I'm gonna break the power of those things. And so now we are free. Free to do what? Step forward with power. Step forward with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come now and we're gonna end with prayer. And I want to I bring that question back up that we looked at a, a few minutes ago and ask it to you this morning. By what power or what name are you stepping forward? Maybe you're here this morning and you are stepping every day and you're stepping without Jesus and without a relationship with him. And your life is missing power. It's missing purpose. It's missing meaning. It's missing significance. It's missing depth, transformation. Transformation. Jesus does not want that. And God didn't create you to live like that. So I'm here to tell you this morning that you can have a relationship with him. And the the simple thing that needs to happen for the power of the past and ongoing sin to be broken in your life is just a conversation with him. He did the work already. It's saying, Jesus, I wanna have a relationship with you. I wanna step forward in power. But first, would you break the power of myself and my sin over me? So would you bow your heads this morning? And close your eyes. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What prayer do I need to pray this morning? What thing do I need to say to God? What do I need to talk with God about this morning after what we've read and what has been heard? By what power, what name are you stepping forward? Maybe the answer honestly is I'm stepping forward in my power and my name. And man, that just sounds small. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to step forward in the name of Jesus. I'm ready. If you're here this morning and you want to do that, I encourage you to talk to him honestly. If you want to do it in your seat, if you want to get up and come forward and kneel down at the front, no one in this room, everyone in this room is going to be excited if you do that and and praying for you and very encouraged by the fact that you're bold enough to come and kneel and just ask Jesus, will you fill my life? I want to give my life to you this morning. You may even feel a hand on your shoulder someone praying for you if you do that. There are people that will be standing down here. If you want to come up to one of these People that are standing in front our prayer partners and say, would you help? Would you lead me in this prayer? I I just want to talk to Jesus. I'm not even sure what to say. Will you pray for me? Pray with me? Listen to me as I pray. Just be with me. Yep, we can do that too. That's why we're here. Maybe you're here today and your prayer is, I've not been stepping forward with power. I've kind of been stepping forward with my own power, but here's the bottom line, God. I'm missing something. And I think I'm missing the fullness of your Holy Spirit in my life. And I want to to begin the process of seeking that this morning. And maybe your pure, honest prayer is, Holy Spirit of God, fill my life this morning because I want to step forward with power and I don't want anything to be missing as I step forward. I want to step forward like Peter and John did, did and do your work. Maybe you're here this morning and you are stepping forward with power and you do have the power of the Spirit at work in your life, but it's the ongoing power that you're desperately searching for because you feel like, man, you're running dry every week and maybe this morning is just yet another Sunday morning where you're going to say, Holy Spirit, give me the power for this situation this week. Maybe you're in the middle of something, the middle of ministry, in the middle of something that you're going to need to ask God for a fresh, ongoing filling for this morning so you can run back out into that world and do his work. Jesus, I pray that the prayers that need to be prayed would be prayed this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray you would respond as we use the worship as prayers, as we sit at our seats and pray, as we stand and worship and pray, as we come forward and pray. Hear the prayers, and I pray that we would leave here different, leave here changed, leave here with new things to think about and new things to pursue. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.